Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of Bold Predictions here at Inside Nebraska. With me as always, Steve Mark and Greg Smith. I'm Zach Carpenter. And uh, even though it's a bye week, we still got bold predictions to make because uh, we got another second half of the season to play, boys. We're six, game, six games down, six to go. Uh, before I get into that real quick, it is a bye week. Guys, Steve, you're married and you have a, you have a daughter. Greg, you're married. Um, I, I have a girlfriend. I'm a little, I'm a little behind you guys. Um, in uh in the life department but we're, we're we're striving we're getting there so today is it a weekend i mean i'm using it as a build-up credit weekend pumpkin patch and uh corn maze and all that uh, are you is that what you guys are doing where, where are the weekend plans <laughs> steve i'll let you go first on that because i'm sure you have something fun no i'm gonna be watching football i'll just oh my couch watching <laughs> that's that watching i love football. that i am uh, surprised yeah yeah i mean um yeah, I'm just gonna be watching football. Uh, maybe I'm a bad husband or whatever, but uh, <laughs> I think uh, the good thing about me is I married someone who also likes to just hang around at the house and watch some TV, and uh, that's what we'll be doing. So I'm not gonna be leaving the house on Saturday, probably. Solid. <laughs> Steve, Steve no, knows. I... Steve is all ball. Steve. Steve knows ball. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's so funny that you brought this up, Zach, because I was uh, going to my neighborhood walk earlier this morning. My wife called me and realized that it is the bye week. Um, and was like, oh, so what could I sign you up for this weekend? And yeah, so I don't know. We'll see what I get signed up for. Um, we'll see. I don't I don't know. I'm definitely not using it for credit, though. I'll tell you that. I got enough credit built up. Uh, but if she hears this, she hears this. But there's enough, there's enough credit built up. But Zach, you're still in that phase where you need to build up some, some oh, street yeah. credit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Karina listens to these, too, and she, she knows that. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I've Oregon, Washington would love to watch it, but honestly, it's going to be good to get away from college football for, uh, for me for like a day or two, just to not to avoid the burnout, but I'm actually looking forward to it. I haven't been to a corn maze in a long time. I've only done it once. Nice. And, uh, first and only time they handed me the map and I was like, we don't need this. We don't, why, why do you have a map? Like it's a maze. That's the point <laughs> within like 10 minutes. I'm just completely lost. I'm like, all right the map out let's let's go ahead and try to figure this out but again all that digressing it's going to be a good week uh weekend of college football but mm -hmm. nebraska won't be there They're, they are on a bye so is northwestern uh the week eight opponent next saturday at 2 30 but we'll be dissecting that game next week right now going with uh predictions we did this last year um and uh i think we got them all exactly right on the second half of the season no doubt about it uh -oh. after the purdue game like i'm sure we all are batting a thousand, but um, just we're going through a bowl prediction each and then a final record prediction each today. Um, we're going to go around the horn here. Steve, starting with you, you're batting leadoff. Yeah, so my bowl prediction right now is Heinrich Harburg uh, will continue to be the QB1 at Nebraska, but that's not my bold prediction. But uh, he will finish, I'm, I'm going to say he finishes in the top five of the Big Ten in uh, average total yards per game. So that's rushing and passing yards. Obviously, he is he's 12th right now um, with a little over 160 total yards per game. He's at 163. I just think that Heinrich is going to continue to improve in all aspects of his game as he continues to get more reps, play in more games. I think he's going to improve right in front of our eyes, and I think it's going to be pretty cool to see, especially through the air. I just think he's gaining more confidence. We know what he can do on the ground with his legs being an athlete. Um, he's excellent in that area. 
but uh, there's still obviously a lot of rawness and development still to come in that past game. And I, I think he's going to continue to improve the more he, the more he does it. And I think Marcus Satterfield, the offensive coordinator at Nebraska is going to realize, I mean, they have already realized this has already been happening that the big 10 defenses are not going to want um, them to, they're not going to want to get beat by Heinrich Harburg's athletic ability and his legs. So they're going to try to keep him in the pocket. I think that's going to benefit Heinrich because I think he has a lot of potential as a thrower. And I think he's going to impress some of us uh, that think that he's, you know, not, not the thrower. So, um, I, I think, uh, Heinrich Harbor is going to continue to produce on the ground in the air, and he will wind up at the end of the regular season in the top five of the conference in total in average total yards per game. So we will see how far off or how, how dead on I am at the end of the year. Man, I, I like that a lot. And I'm vibing with you on that, because I think that one of the things that we like, and I know, I know, I know we don't do it on the staff, as I know, the, but I've talked to you guys about Harburg and his development. I know how both of you feel. I feel like fans are very quick to kind of throw him to the side and be like, oh, he just did it against blah, 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 insert bad opponent. Or, you know, they've got to go get a guy in the portal in the offseason, skipping all the way to that. But I why is it out of the realm of possibility that he gets better? Like we've, I feel like, and this is why I'm so glad you said this, Steve, I feel like he's gotten better each week, especially Mm -hmm. as a passer. And so, yeah, I'm curious to see how that goes um, for him. So I like that bold prediction as as a quick side note, that has nothing to do with my bold Uh, prediction. Real quick, before before you go into your, uh, your bold prediction. Yeah. Me, Steve and I uh, on the, on the drive back from Chicago after the Illinois game or back to the airport in Chicago um, after the Illinois game, we had a heated argument or not argument. We had a heated conversation a little bit where we were both on the same side. We were both agreeing <laughs> with a lot of the stuff, uh, a lot of the stuff you just said. I mean, I wrote about it um, in uh, this week's midseason awards, like for people, for, for fans who are the, who are frustrated or um, disappointed in Harburg's performance this year. It's like, do you know what the alternative is? If he's not out there like this, is what he's doing, considering the context of everything being called in, um, in the battle right here. Like it's, it's been a godsend what he's brought to the program, just as far as stabilization. No, he's not, no, he's not a spectacular star quarterback. Like you're going to see, um, in at Ohio state or USC or, um, some years at Alabama, not this year, obviously, but, um, he stabilized the offense, the, the, what he's been giving them to, give them enough offense to offer up the chance to win is, um, has been pretty, I think we would have all been shocked. I think we would have all been shocked if we were sitting here today. And, uh, one of the stats about, about Heinrich Harburg from arbitrary analytics was Twitter account that I've, I love following. They, I think it, uh, sprouted up not too long ago. Um, is that Heinrich Harburg is one of 12 players in the country who has, let me find it here. I think I might have deleted it. It's great podcasting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, twelve hundred. <laughs> where is this stat? He's really good. All right, I'll I'll shout the I'll shout the uh, the stat whenever I find it. I had it here a second ago, but um, I think I believe it was yeah six hundred passing yards. That's right. I got it off the memory. He's one of twelve players in the country with six hundred or more passing yards and three hundred or more rushing yards. So um, to be in that category as a third string quarterback last year, who was like in third string in the spring, who sounded like he might be moving positions at one point, obviously that did not come to fruition. That's not what the staff intended, but um, 
I think I just, I just think it's a it's a point at the midway point of this season to really own in on how important it's been. And that's yeah. and that's one thing I wanted to to touch on real quick here before we get to you, Greg. Is I, I'm not yeah. saying like Heiner Carberg is the is the Huskers quarterback for next season or the next season after that. I'm not saying that at all because I think Matt Rule and Marcus Satterfield are going to do their due diligence and getting the best quarterback here in the offseason that they can. And maybe it's on the roster, maybe currently on the roster, maybe it's currently not. But right now, I believe from what I've seen, Heine Carberg is the best option to be leading this offense. And I think it's an option that gives you the a good opportunity, a strong opportunity to make a bowl game. And that's, that would be, you know, for that, for that to happen here at Nebraska after not happening since 2016, when Mike Riley was walking the sidelines, I mean, that's just incredible to think about that. Heinrich Harburg, the kid from Kearney Catholic is going to be coming here and, and leading the team. Obviously the defense is going to be wearing the pants in the family and, and controlling things as well. <laughs> hey, but Matt Rule said Harburg, it. Yeah, I think Heinrich Harburg is is the one that can do just enough to get this offense to score some points and move the ball consistently. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, and, and I'm and I'm saying all this this bold prediction along with knowing that uh, Marcus Washington, who I think some fans are might overlooking with his season ending injury not being out there. I mean, that's brutal. And I'm still thinking that you know Heinrich is going to continue to get better even with the receiving core that he has that just does not have a lot of firepower and juice right now so uh, i i just i just like harburg i like his uh potential and i think he's he's somebody that learns through the fire right now and he's definitely being thrown in the fire and i think he'll get better yeah and it's only one, one last point on this whole thing is that we, we you know you said you know it could be much worse with the backup quarterback coming in um to repl- we saw it we have seen that like nebraska lost a game at home to troy in 2018 yeah. because they had a backup quarterback out there that like and sorry again no disrespect to andrew bunch who was the quarterback that day but it looked nothing like what it looks like when Heinrich Harburg is out there like it's just I, I feel like we've gotten to the point to where people are expecting too much in that situation but also not appreciating what he's done um but i'm gonna go to the, like the opposite end of the spectrum and this is gonna break a, a rule that we've kind of had r- running uh on the show about like not picking nebraska to do things um before they see it and i gotta do it man maybe maybe that matt rule press conference has got me thinking i'm drinking the roulade over here um shout out to husker twitter for that my bold prediction is that nebraska will only lose one more game the rest of the season so it's bold only because nebraska doesn't do stuff like this it is not (laughs) bold because of the schedule the schedule like i the more i look at this schedule and i think about this like people are talking about maryland as this juggernaut team that is like the best team that nebraska is going to play if that's the case and it is i think and that maryland really is the best team that nebraska is going to play i'm just going to take my chances with with this bold prediction i do i don't think they can't run the table that's just crazy um the one thing that does really worry me about this is that offensive firepower but I do think that as I, the more I see this team play, the more I think that they're morphing slowly and finally into a real Big Ten team. Because when you watch and hey, we were talking about the bye week and now that Nebraska's off, you'll get to watch any Big Ten uh, West team that's out there besides Northwestern that's playing this week. And it's going to look a heck of a lot like what you've seen from Nebraska. And I think that's actually a good thing. I know that people will cringe at that, um, but I think it's high. It's past time that Nebraska actually feels like a team that's in this conference versus trying to be something else. Um, And so I like that for Matt Rule, and I like what he's trying to do. But 
this schedule, and especially the fact that you play in this month, you can continue to get that ball rolling with Northwestern and then Purdue, both of those games at home. Michigan State, like by the time we get to that Michigan State game in November, like will their coaches like have any like feeling that they're going to still be there the next year? How many more players were into the portal? Like I just, I think that this is set up for Nebraska to actually have a good finish to the season. The only thing, well, two things that make me nervous about this is like I said in the beginning, one, Nebraska just doesn't do stuff like this. And two, the injuries are piling up. I would like to see Luke Reimer and Deshaun Singleton come back um, to, to really cement this. But I'm, I'm going bold. It is bold predictions, baby. I thought I was going to be going bold today when we were doing our final record projections, predictions. And Greg just Greg went out there and just swung for the fences. He's trying to hit not out of the not out of the park, out of the stadium itself. Man, eight and four, eight and four. I, I get it. The schedule is tough, but like you said, I, I, I can't be there with you that, that far. I'm a step behind you. Um, and uh, I mean, five and one would be, uh, would be a big, big deal with Wisconsin and Iowa. I mean, last year we talked about that gauntlet at the end of the year with, um, with, uh, Michigan and Iowa, Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa was the three games at the end of the year where it's like a gauntlet. It's not, to that level this year with Maryland at home and then Wisconsin on the road and Iowa at home. Um, but it's still, that's still a really tough three game run to end the year. And you have these next three games coming up that are all extremely winnable. There's that phrase, you can take a drink if we're doing a drinking game at home. Um, because I feel like that's what we all say about the rest of this schedule. But I mean, I'll just go ahead with my record prediction now, since we're on it. I mean, I, I have them at seven and five, so not, not, to the eight and four level um, that you are, because I mean, I, I have them beating Northwestern, beating Purdue. And then from the start, I've had them splitting Michigan State and Maryland, whichever one. I, I, I just don't see them winning both games. And it's just like uh, my prediction last year, where I saw the Rutgers and Purdue games lined up. And I'm like, on paper, they should beat Rutgers. And on paper, they should maybe beat Purdue, but I mean, such a tough place for them to play. Um, but yeah, they always play. It's always weird there. I, I, I had them splitting whatever the final result was. And that's what I see here. I mean, going on the road to Michigan state, um, I think could be a letdown spot. That classic, uh, you talk about um, not picking Nebraska to do something it, it <laughs> hasn't done. And I think, I think that that Michigan state game could be a letdown spot where you might be coming off a win over Northwestern win over, Purdue and then boom road trip to to East Lansing that rule is talked about in the spring um like he mentioned that specifically a couple of times just as examples of like you gotta win you gotta win big 10 games in the elements in October November like in East Lansing and then you welcome in a totally different animal and uh, style maybe not animal but style in Maryland um but you're right they're not some unbeatable juggernaut I think the Wisconsin game is the one where it's like I'm, I just really like Wisconsin. I know Steve, you're there with me on Wisconsin and what they're doing. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I, I like Wisconsin more than most people, I guess. I like the coaching staff more than most people. I, I know we, Greg and I have talked about that quite often. Um, but that's and, why Greg was like laughing. You know, yeah, you don't like him more than most people. On. I see. I saw before the season that Luke Pickle, the top ten coach in the country. What are you talking no, about? Like, you know, Maybe I'm just limiting. You're it right to in you line. Yeah, yeah, you're right in line. I am. Yeah. I think I'm the outlier on that. That's totally fine. We'll see what he does. He must be the next Urban Meyer. 
We're fine. <laughs> um, fine. Yeah, I think I'll. So I'll, I'll just go with my record right now. I I think uh, seven and five seems good to me. Um, I was thinking six and six earlier, but uh, just looking at the schedule, Purdue kind of scares me a little bit. They're they're weird. Um, I I think uh, Hudson Card, he he can be a baller at sometimes. He can do some things with his legs and um uh you know just but but looking down the the road trips at Michigan State I just don't know what Michigan State's going to look like um you know at that point in time Maryland is also interesting just because of the the good start that they always kind of seem to have and then they kind of taper off as they hit the Big 10 schedule but you know uh Takavailoa he can sling it you know and and he always can I think generate some offense um and again iowa we know what iowa is going to be bringing here they might they're going to have their backup quarterback their 260 pound backup quarterback but uh i you know i, I just see a six and six but I, I think i'll go with a seven and five for the final my final record pro- projection and um it's going to be a you know a fun iowa game black black friday black uh black friday <laughs> iowa game and i think it's just you know one that's not gonna you know, if you lose that, I don't think it's going to end the season because I think they're going to have six wins before that one. So I think it's going to be a seven and five final record for Huskers. And I think it's going to be an incredible showing from Matt rule in his first year, just to come in here, come into this program and, and get them to, to turn around and, and get to a bowl game. That's, it's going to be good if I'm right. <laughs> I think any, the thing is, is I, I think we're all maybe based on what we're all saying in agreement on this, that if they get to six, seven or eight, and I am predicting eight and four, and I have to because I locked myself in with the only one loss um, for the rest of the way. But if they get to any of those, it's a tremendous job from Matt Rule. And like, we're going to have to like write columns about how great of a job that this was and what he did. And not only kind of getting the program better, but in short order, but getting them better, like after the injuries, after the 0-2 start, like all of that stuff, like it would be, it would just be fascinating to see that happen. Now, I do think that the one thing about the schedule and I, you know, I think that this is one of the easier ones that I've seen Nebraska have um, as, as we finish it out, especially but I think that everyone also agrees, and Matt Rule said this the other day, is that they can beat anyone on the schedule and anyone on the schedule can beat them, right? And so that's what also makes you a little bit nervous. And I was thinking about it as Steve was kind of running through quickly some of the things that these teams bring to the table is everyone has something that makes you a little bit nervous, you know, but then everybody also has something that you're like, oh, we can kind of exploit that and they're just not overall that good, which I think will make for a lot of fun football. It might not be pretty in every game. Um, but it's going to be compelling. I think that that's the way that I'll put it kind of in the way that I thought that Illinois game was going to be compelling. It was something it was. Um, and so we'll see down the stretch, but eight and four, uh, is- is my prediction, uh, which means though, and I don't know, Zach picked up on this. That means that one of either Iowa, Wisconsin, I think they're going to beat. I think it's going to be Iowa. Um, as much as I want to hate on Luke Fickle in Wisconsin, I don't see that streak ending this year. Um, not quite yet. But I, but that Iowa game that Steve was talking about too. You forgot to mention the the Brian Ferrets points situation. Like I want that to <laughs> the be drive the thing. Three twenty five. Yes, they need to be at oh three hundred. When you get when we get to that game, so that it basically sets up where if Nebraska has a good defensive day, then they'll hold him under that. That that is number one thing that I'm rooting for, even beyond my prediction to be right, because I think that would be great. 
storylines galore for the Hawkeyes and yeah. Huskers game. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, Matt Rule's first taste of that rivalry. Like, I'll be curious to see what the vibe is. Like, if he kind of embraces that, what the players say, because I, we, I, we've talked about this before. I think that this rivalry kind of turned and took a new life when Nebraska's players actually finally started embracing it because you would watch those games and Iowa's players took joy in just like pummeling Nebraska, especially at the line of scrimmage. And Nebraska finally fought back against that and took some pride in that. And I think that's what really helped them. Yeah, I think one point that you were saying earlier, I think the uglier the football for Nebraska, the better for Nebraska at this point with how, um, I mean, yeah, you hope the the offense uh, takes some steps and grows and that you have some of those freshman guys coming along um, in the receiver room with all the injuries. But, yeah, Iowa's offense, I back to that, Iowa's offense, um, I don't think they're going to get to that 325. It's not looking great for them right now. But, hey, we make fun of Iowa's offense and that whole claw, the contract, because it's funny. And mm-hmm. it's like you turn around and watch Nebraska's offense, and it's like, ah, well, still funny. Still but, funny. They also pro- but they also prove that you can win a lot of games like that. Like, yeah. that's the thing that kind of frustrates me about this whole thing is you can win a whole lot of games like that now. I was never going to be confused with like a college football playoff contender at like, that's not going to be a thing. Um, but they're also in, in neither will Nebraska at this point, but you hope that Nebraska can continue to build like Kirk Ferentz has been there. Like as it feels like as long as we've all been alive. Um, and so at some point they should have been able to put together some offense. They can't. Um, and so you hope Nebraska can go past that. So Nebraska looking like, or being just slightly above Iowa's offense in year one of Matt rule is totally fine. Like I think people need to just kind of embrace that and be okay with it and one more point that you hit on i mean uh talking about writing columns and feature stories at the end of the year if if nebraska goes seven or five or eight and four that's one of my points is um i think that not to step on the toes of our bold predictions that's going up on the site uh in addition is video but um i have nebraska at seven five and i think that that job the context of it all matt rules obviously not going to win big 10 coach of the year it's going to wind up going to um james franklin or Ryan Day or Jim Harbaugh, probably whoever wins the conference, I would I I would guess. Um, unless Northwestern gets to a bowl game and then David Braun would have um yeah, consideration have nice, as well. Yeah. I um, love that guy. He's but, gonna get a good DC gig if he doesn't stay there. Yeah, yeah rule, good for him. Uh, that's my that's my record prediction is seven and five, and that rule gets some votes for Big Ten Coach of the Year. Um just as as a storyline. Like if he does that with all the injuries, with taking over, um this uh uh big build a, a a heavy lift of a rebuild um and taking a nebraska to a bowl game since first time since 2016 i think that would be worthy of it and speaking of bowl games is it, is it too is it too early fellas to talk about which bowl game they might be going to I, yeah let's give it give it a couple weeks give we don't want to jinx that we don't let's not go too crazy yeah all right we'll, we'll wait until week we'll put a pin in it and then going into Maryland, we can start talking bowl yeah. projections, but I already wrote them down. I did all the work here to write the no, four no, no. things. Don't down, jinx it. Right? Don't jinx it. <laughs> all right. Well, just a tease. Steve would love it because one of them is in, is in uh, a, a certain city in Nevada is one oh, of the projections. Sweet. So um, also Greg, you've known Steve <laughs> a lot longer than I have, you know, him Ugh. a lot better than I do. And he's gone six and zero. Oh. he's the only one who's gone <laughs> six and zero. Oh on our, our bold predictions with uh, yeah. um, picking the winner and seemed like he was a little apprehensive. It seemed like he wanted to go six and six, but then he heard you eight and four, me seven and five. And then I caught a little like 
the little look there at the end where he's like, I don't know. I, I should have stuck with six and six. Is that what you were picking up? Yeah, um, I wanted Oh. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Yeah, I I I, I heading it's into better the season, to go safe. Yeah. Yeah. Heading into the season, I was like, yeah, I could see six wins there. And now they're like, you know, looking at the schedule and how the upcoming schedule and um, and how those opponents are looking right now. It's like, yeah, I could see seven now. I could see another win in there for sure. Which which actually is a that's really a, a good sign, right? That yeah. as we move through the season, we're actually feeling better about the team. That actually goes to something that they, that both I was it Rule and Tony White have talked about about getting better as the season goes along. We'll get to the championship month of November to quote Tony White uh, here pretty soon. I personally, for me, I wonder what what I would be thinking if Nebraska was three and three, but they had beat Minnesota and lost to Illinois because you guys know, like I was saying after the, the um, NIU podcast going into Louisiana tech, it was like a win is like the highest of highs. It's like, you could start to see it progressing and a loss is like, Oh, the sky is falling. So they went into a bye week though, after winning that, that huge swing game over Illinois and they have some momentum um, going with them throughout the rest of the season. I never gave my bold prediction, my, uh, my own one. So, <laughs> We we jumped around. I loved it because I love the the um, the freelancing that we can that we do here, and that always leads. The last like three times we've done this, it's led to like a a really good big picture uh, big picture conversation. Um, but looking throughout the rest of the season, um, my bold prediction is on the defense. Which I mean, shocking. I think the defense is going to be really good the rest of the year. Um, right now, Nebraska's run defense is at seventy five point eight yards per game allowed through six games and most of that is from Michigan take out the Michigan game and the other five they're allowing 41 and some change my bold prediction is that Nebraska is going to finish number two all time in uh in yards rushing yards allowed per game in program history number one right now um and for 56 years has been the 1967 team with 67.5 rushing yards allowed per game and Nebraska right now is number three all time, sandwiched in between number two um, with, from the 1997 team, which was 73.4 yards allowed per game. They won a national title that year. They, they had our own, uh, our own Jay Foreman on it, our, our former Husker black shirt and NFL veteran, as Steve always yeah. says in the, in the intro. Yep. Um, and so that was, that's number two. Number three is this year, number four. On that list is uh, the 1999 team with 77.1 rushing yards allowed per game. Um, both of those teams, 97, 99, just loaded with NFL dudes um, and and studs on on both defenses. And I think Nebraska might have a couple of NFL, future NFL guys on this defense. And uh, Nash Hutmaker, um, Hutmaker, and um, John Bullock or um, Isaac Gifford, Deshaun Singleton once he comes mm-hmm. back healthy. And that's that's the thing with this prediction is. You, you really you really hope that they get Luke Reimer and Deshaun Singleton back um, going forward. But the offense offenses they're facing over the next three weeks, they're anemic offenses to match Nebraska's mostly anemic offense. But um, that's why I think and they're they're rushing they're rushing totals these uh, these next few games. Um, I had it right here. It's Northwestern won't won't rattle off a bunch of stats again, but uh, they're rushing offense is last in the Big Ten, Purdue's is eighth, Michigan State's is 11th, and then you have Maryland at seventh, um, Iowa at 12th, Wisconsin is the one where 
that one's in danger. They're they're rushing for 203.8 yards per game in their first in the Big Ten. But um, they have an air raid saying, offense, but... Zach. What are you talking about? <laughs> What'd you say? But they have an air raid <laughs> offense. Phil yeah, Longo, go, go come on. Man. He's going to throw it 60 times a game. He's changing <laughs> Wisconsin. That's funny. They still got Braylon Just Allen. Still, <laughs> like, they I still like got Braylon really, Allen. They still have so massive funny, offensive though. linemen that are being groomed in their backyard. They're going to run it down <laughs> the throats. They're still going to do it. Steve, no, it, Steve hated that. That was probably his least favorite storyline of the offseason. It had to have been your top three. It had to I had, I had nightmares. I couldn't go to sleep when I started hearing those those comments from everybody thinking thinking Phil Longo was going to air it out in Madison, Wisconsin. It's like, come I, on. Look at the I roster. Told you. Look at the offensive line. Look at the running backs. He's gonna that run thing it. was all it was all wishful thinking like that's not that for the record that was not that was me. just that Husker not, fans was, hoping yeah, that Wisconsin was, got bad because they were yeah, gonna start throwing that's the what ball that, more that's what that was in. yeah I told I totally agree save that's it save right. it for and the Wisconsin rant. pod save it for the yeah. Wisconsin pod Dude, that Wisconsin pod's gonna be long man we're gonna we're gonna end up going <laughs> in on the Wisconsin pod. that's one of the things that Steve and I were talking about it's like the storylines are so obvious for that game I mean yeah. you know what I'm not even gonna go down that path. We'll be here. Don't do it. Five, <laughs> ten minutes. Um, but any any last words to add? Just any last thoughts on what uh, we've seen so far? What we're what you think we're about to see over these next six games? Nebraska's got momentum. They have a really good defense. They have a really good defense at stopping the run, which Matt Rule wants to build in his programs. And they got a quarterback that is not bad, who is learning on the fly his first college games ever in his life. He's doing it right now this season. So let's let's give him time. Let's just not make any harsh judgments on him or Marcus Satterfield, the offensive coordinator, who's just trying to piece together uh, something to move this offense with all the injuries and adversity that they've had, all all the defections, as uh, Matt Rule called it on Tuesday. Um, Let's all hold off judgment on those and just watch how this plays out, because I think it could be something special for for Nebraska. I think this could be a special season and getting to the postseason for the first time in 2016. I echo those those sentiments. Enjoy the ride is the thing that I, yeah. I would say I'm looking forward to for the second half of the season is as weird as it's going to get because it always does around here and it, the, the football will not always be aesthetically pleasing. I think that Nebraska is building something that it feels like an, an actual real life identity for Nebraska yeah. football is being developed. And I think that even beyond beyond the wins and losses, though, the wins are nice. That is that's a really important thing for the future of Matt Rule at, at this program. Um, and I think that seeing that play out in real time led by that defense that's for real um it is pretty cool to see and i think people will enjoy that in the second half of the season especially with those offenses that zach laid out like man those run offenses it's going to be hard it's going to be tough sledding for some of those teams to run against nebraska yeah nebraska has made every team except for for michigan's made them one-dimensional against this defense and taking the run game out um from, from that offensive arsenal and uh, last thing to your point, Greg, I mean, Greg and I talked about this a little bit on rapid recap on, on Tuesday is that, that Illinois, the moment after Anthony Grant fumbled and Steve, you wrote about this, um, the moment after Anthony Grant fumbled and rule called on the defense to step up and they, um, pretty much told him to F off, like get out of this huddle. And it's not like that was a, um, it's not like that was insubordinate by the players. That's what I think that I think rule loved that. Oh, um, yeah. and yeah, so definitely. That, I think that was the first like moment where it's like, okay, this is a player led program. And then rule talked about Quentin Newsom, Newsom, um, sort of echoing that too, um, er, earlier this week. And 
we're seeing that I think play out. I do think that we're going to, we could look back on that as a seminal moment, a seminal game, um, depending on how the rest of this, the second half of this season shapes out and uh, down the line <clears throat> in the rural era. So uh, we we'll have, we have more on that already at InsideNebraska.com. We have more stuff coming um, throughout the week. Steve's ran through uh, some of the biggest questions that Nebraska's offense has to answer throughout the during the bye week as it heads into the second half and the defense and special teams. Um, Greg has three um, three bye week goals for Nebraska recruiting, and we've got uh, more recruiting stuff and analysis um, up at uh, InsideNebraska.com. Encourage you guys to head over there, check it out. Encourage you guys to like this video, subscribe to the Inside Nebraska YouTube page, and get these videos dropped directly into your feed. Uh, we'll be back next week. No, no media availability this week anymore with uh, Rule having gone on Tuesday, but we'll be back next week, probably Monday, and then um, with, some more, with some more digital stuff, recruiting blitz, lecture breakdown, um, our rapid recap videos, and full predictions as we, uh, as we go after uh, Steve's guy, David Braun, and the Northwestern Wild. <laughs> so uh, hopefully a lot of fun stuff coming up for uh, Nebraska and Nebraska fan base. So for Steve Mark. Greg Smith, I'm Zach Carpenter. I'll catch you guys again next time.